This is a Lip Media Podcast. Content discussed on this podcast may be triggering for some individuals. So if you feel like today you can't quite handle it, that's totally fine. You can press pause and come back another day. Remember, we're always going to be here. And if you need immediate help, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. We're back. It's If You Don't Mind, Season 3. Madeline Sherrington here, your host as usual. So excited to be back with you all. I can't believe it's been such a long break. I don't know why I made it this long. Probably just needed some rest. (laughs) But I'm so excited to be back. It feels like a big part of my life has been missing and I'm excited to start it back up again. And thank you to everybody who's still listening, even after, you know, two seasons. It's it's so amazing. Um, I hope that even more people this season will, will start listening and we can grow the podcast. Um, but yeah, so happy to be back. It's very exciting. So for today's episode, we start off with an amazing guest. His name is Jonah. Um, and Jonah is just the most authentic lovely person uh, to chat to. Um, And Jonah actually is a co-founder of an organization called Bulldog Got Your Back, which we talk about later. Um, But Jonah is uh, really amazing at being open about his experiences with anxiety and and depression and, um, and, and talks about this football club that basically took him in and allowed him for the first time to be open with his feelings. So It's a really beautiful, really, really beautiful uh, story, and I really loved hearing it. Um, Gets a little bit emotional in the middle, but uh, stick around. It's it's still really, really good. In terms of a trigger warning, we do discuss anxiety, depression, there is a mention of suicide, um, and we also talk about uh, drinking. If those are things you're not comfortable with listening um, today, that's fine. Come back when you're feeling up to it. So yeah, this is the first episode of season three of If You Don't Mind with a lovely Jonah. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you after. Uh, it's a little bit <laughs> nervy to begin with, but you'll you'll relax into it. Oh, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. I'm excited though. I'm excited. <laughs> Good. Good to see you here. Um, I guess I'd like to start with the beginning, which would probably be the best way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to kind of hear your your story and how your mental health journey kind of started. Um, I know after kind of reading a bit about your, your story, it kind of started after you left home um, for the first time. So I'd really like to hear how it all began and, um, yeah, the trajectory you were on. For me, a lot of the time was when I was younger, like during high school, I went to the school psychologies and stuff. But I think back then it wasn't, I didn't really have a true understanding of what mental health was or mm. um, I personally may have just not wanted to kind of, I pushed it aside, just thinking it was all part of growing up, going through adolescence, going through high school, all those kind of social situations. And so I just thought once I like got out of that 
that high school scenario where it's all kind of like set out, structured for you. Well, for for my, myself, myself included, mm. um, I thought it would be different. I, I would have a little bit more control and it, these problems that I thought were just small problems would go away. And I guess that was inevitably not not the case mm. um and it kind of so i left home i went down to university of wollongong um in 2015 um and and joined a college there and i i wouldn't change a thing of going down there because i absolutely loved those five years i spent down there there was some of the hardest and the the best time of my life mm. um and so yeah i joined a college made heaps of new friends that was probably the biggest thing with my mental health was my confidence grew from just like that new experience so I was really grateful for that and that's probably what was one of the big things that kind of kept me through but yeah so mm. then during those couple of years I kind of started to realize that my mental health was something of a concern just personally just you could kind of tell 2017 or 2016 going to 2017 my girlfriend broke up with me Oh, um, no, which is very stressful when you're young and it's like yeah, your yeah, first yeah. love. Yeah, it was my first first real like long-term, like, yeah, first ever ever of a relationship, I guess. Um, and so it was, it was kind of hard and there was a lot of different things going on with that. So there was a lot of added toxic things going on there. So it wasn't ever ever a nice end, I guess. But mm. I, have, I have no resentment or no regrets about the relationship at all because it was it was uh i guess a life changer it gave me a sense of of love at the same time so i learned something and i was really cool so i i, I got a lot out of it i'll tell you so kind of it was all a perfect storm because then i had i like because of this and other things like family issues but i also failed a full semester of, of uni uni exams so that was like four subjects just down the hole so, wow that would have been so um, frustrating so yeah it wasn't yeah so it wasn't all all that positive at the time and I mean, yeah, and so my mental health kind of deteriorated and just took control of me for about nine, nine, 12 months mm. um, and things just kept getting worse or it was just more my anxiety and the depression kind of like fueled it all, I guess, um, mm. just me overthinking situations, thinking the worst of what people may or may not be thinking and so it kind of just fueled the fire and there was just a, a unfortunate night where I, for that long period of stretch, I kind of just pushed people out of the way and like didn't really care about work or my school, my uni or my like social interactions and mm. kind of went out at any possible occasion, was drinking probably way too much, um, which is never a good mix, of course, when you're trying to get your mental health in check. Um, yeah, so it was all just kind of a big fuel and then unfortunately, yeah, just it was one night. Um, I'm not sure how much I can express it because I don't want to um, have any triggers or anything like that. But, yeah, it was just one unfortunate night and I kind of flicked a switch and said, hey, yeah, this is probably the time to mm. – and I'd written notes to my family and all that prior to this because I'd already kind of, kind of convinced myself that I was going to do it. I just didn't know Right. Why. You've been thinking about it for some time. Yeah, I'd been thinking about it. Just kind of you get to that spot. Yeah, and so, yeah, just it was one night I was out drinking so the alcohol kind of – made the the thoughts more prominent i guess uh yeah tried to take my life that that one unfortunate night um fortunately uh for myself my housemate and another friend kind of caught on to it and i can't remember the the night too well and i try not to just mm. kind of push it out but yeah they kind of came to my rescue at the last kind of minute which i'm forever grateful because to this day i still think i, I would have possibly done something 
Yeah. And yeah, so they kind of reached out and and ever since that next week they kind of just pushed me, pushed me, pushed me, didn't stop mm. like go see the uni psychologist. Just I'll like they were, I'll walk you there, I'll come with you, don't worry. Like wow. uh, like so that was that was really nice of my housemate. Um and so I went to like for the I think it was a year, I think, or maybe less than that, six six months to a year of seeing this uni psychologist and got my mental health back to a positive place, but it was still kind of there and I still kind of had those um not not thoughts or anything like that. I just kind of like it got my mental health in a good good space but I knew it was still there and I, I mm. still didn't really have a full control over it I think and like do you feel obviously before this incident happened where you um were planning to take your own life yeah. were, were you having kind of conversations or were any of your friends or family aware of what was happening with you at that point or was it very kind of internal and no, nothing it, external facing it was it was all internal i'm i i think myself personally i think i'm a i'm a very very good actor but only mm. only for the people who are in front of me i could never be on the, the movies that's for sure but uh, <laughs> um i i sucked at drama in high school that's, that's okay most people but, do it's hard yeah <laughs> but yeah i was a i was a very good actor i think a lot of my friends and family like a lot of my family had come out and said mate i thought you were a carefree guy growing up and i was and i was an actor all the way through kind of high school or like mm. those like final three years of high school and then all through uni i just kind of and it was kind of my coping mechanism as well i guess yeah. in some way like as long as I express myself as a positive go go lucky guy to everyone else, then I may feel feel good about myself. I guess. Yeah, that um, makes total sense. So yeah, that was kind of I think that was one of my coping mechanisms was to just kind of internalize and kind of again it's that that man idea like you deal with it yourself like you'll be all right like as long as you deal with it like just don't make it prominent to everyone else. I guess. Oh like, yeah, um, it's yeah. it seems to be this theme that I kind of come across a lot in men, and it's even something I mean my partner. Um, hasn't really struggled with his mental health that much in his life. But mm. even just talking about feelings and, and problems, he's always had this idea that, oh, it's something I should just deal with and, like, yeah. I don't want to burden those people around me. And I think it is this kind of ingrained, I mean, we use the phrase toxic masculinity a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it's true uh, yeah. in the sense that, like, your problems are your problems and if you ask for help, like, you're just burdening everybody is that kind of how you felt yeah yeah definitely and it was also like somewhat of a for me i think i also found was like am i just using this as a as an excuse i guess like yes i kind of like am i actually crazy is none of this actually going am i just kind of making trying to get attention for the sake of getting attention i guess yeah and it's interesting because you're not actually telling anyone either so like it's all in you and you're like am i doing this for attention but then you're like but i'm not even telling anyone so that's not a thing exactly exactly yeah yeah so yeah like i had plenty of the times like and that was before and after like someone actually knew was like am i just doing this for attention like all these kind of like low moments am i just at a point where i'm like oh, i just want some attention and it's like you just got to kind of take a step back and like no nah, it's not you just have mental health issues kind of thing and yeah it's definitely fine. definitely yeah. i've heard that i've heard that phrase from so many people like oh, you right. have a good day and you're like oh I must have just been like completely faking that entire time. Yeah, yeah. My psychologist was like, no, you can like, you can have, you can be experienced, experiencing mental ill health and have a good day. Like that doesn't mean yeah, everything yeah, yeah. else is just fixed and it's fine. And it was in your head. Um, mm-hmm. 
I guess I wanted to ask regarding drinking and alcohol. Um, was that the thing, were you relying on that very heavily throughout that period? Was it something that you needed to kind of be able to be social and kind of numb everything that was happening? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, like I, I think it was a big part of that period of my life, especially cause it's uni and stuff like that. But I think I did take, like I stuck with my, my close, close near mates, but I kind of, yeah, I, I just drank a lot of the time just kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah, as you said, numb those kind of not so much feelings, but just kind of those, those moments and just kind of like make sure I could just get through them and just like as long as I'm drunk like I'm, I'm not going to really be thinking the same way I would be when I'm not drunk mm. I was in those social situations yeah no 100% I feel like yeah. it's a, it's a it's a narrative you hear a lot right like when you're young and you just you're you have so much anxiety and alcohol mm. is the only thing that can just get you to like get out of your head yeah. um I used to get so so drunk because I just thought it was just so much easier <laughs> than being yeah. anxious I was like, this is, I feel terrible the next day, but right now it's very easy. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. The world. I'm amazing. Yeah. I'm a great person. Look at me go. Yeah, um, sure. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's so destructive, but at the same time, I completely understand the rationale because you, you do, you get out of your head and there's no anxiety there. Of oh, course, yeah. when you get home and you're by yourself, it's anxiety central. Um, but when you're in the moment, it's, it's it's quite freeing, hey. I guess brings you back down to earth and mm. makes everything a little bit more enjoyable, I guess. But again, you got to kind of do it in the the right situations, the around the correct people, and and that's what I found after that was just I now I definitely don't drink as much too, but that's mm. mainly just because maybe I'm touch older and as they all say, <laughs> how old are you? No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm only 24. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me about yeah. being old. Yeah. <laughs> Touch older. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, that, that that makes total sense. Um, so I guess obviously once this big life event happened and your friends uh, encouraged you to go, go seek help and, and that kind of thing, um, that was really helpful. But I'd love for you to talk to everybody about that that basically a uh, group of people that helped you uh, in the most in- in extreme way, which was your, your football club. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear that story and I'd love for you to share that with everybody if that's okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. I'd love to. Um, shout out to the Wollongong uh, Bulldogs AFL club. Yeah. So my boss, his name's Lee Murray. He's a, he's an awesome guy. I worked at the gym at uni and mm-hmm. during that time I, I like, I was playing rugby union for my uni club. Um, and I kind of like fallen out of love with, I played rugby all my life and I kind of fallen out with the sport just due to my mental health and a whole lot of, and there were again, other issues, but it was a big thing to do with like mental health and how I was going. And, um, I, maybe my boss noticed it or I had mentioned that I'd, I was thinking about leaving the the rugby club, and he was like, and said, "Hey, come come play for the doggies. Um, like, <laughs> we'll love you. Like, uh, we'll, we'll get around you. Like, you'll have an awesome time." And I was like, and I, I thought about it for a long time, and I was like, I've always I've always wanted to play AFL. One of my mates from high school, he was he's a big AFL fanatic. He, he's a Sydney Swans diehard fan, <laughs> um, and so we always played AFL during lunchtime and stuff. So I kind of thought, yeah, may as well better late than never. Kind of good good opportunity. I I guess um and yeah so i i um joined the the wollongong bulldogs afl club and what i found was just like this club was uh it was it was awesome like um yeah so um 
they just kind of like took me in from the the first second mm. um and it was yeah it was it was um it was really nice like at the time i was struggling and sorry <laughs> no it's okay you're fine um, um yeah and so they just took me in and not only did they just came in they were, they'd built their whole culture and the whole values of this club was just like everybody was family and like mm. It was all, uh, sorry. (laughs) Take your time. You are fine. Quality mental health support, I guess. Um, Yeah. And so, so, um, I can't remember if it was my first season or my second season, but they, um, brought about this kind of mental health and they got this from, I think the Richmond Tigers did it one of their years when they won their premiership. And they oh, yeah. kind of taken their, their tactics was was showing vulnerability to your to your group of, of players kind of thing and wow. how that can mould you and bring you closer as a as a as a team, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which for a, I I feel like for like a men's sport team, that would be a very intense thing to do. Yeah. Like without yeah. generalizing, I'm not saying that not all like yeah. not all men have issues with expressing their feelings. But I feel like for a a lot of men that would be very intense oh 100 percent. and it was groundbreaking i think for myself i didn't get up straight away but we were just kind of um asked to get up and answer like five questions like mm. what's your name where you're from uh what do you study or do for work and mm-hmm. then your highest and your lowest moment wow. um and so there were very five simple questions and it was clear that the hardest one was the last one but it yeah. was just kind of uh yeah it was just kind of a way to bond players even if they haven't gone through something low like a mental health crisis or just kind of Mm. it it just opens up everybody to like not just a face like you get to know them more personally and I guess so so yeah there were two other blokes uh, before me um who got up and they shared their story and I, I'm forever grateful to those two boys because they shared something as like they shared their own mental health crisis mm-hmm. and it gave me the encouragement to kind of like get up there and answer these five questions so I wow. fortunately did I fortunately did get up and um I answered those five questions and that that low question I answered and I and I um yeah told them what had gone on and that that in 2017 and lo and behold i was met with hugs and thank yous and good on you mate and not any of the anxiety um infused thoughts that i thought i'd be met with i guess and that was it was freeing and it yeah i was tearing up and oh my god this is making me tear up (laughs) i'm getting emotional (laughs) it's so beautiful and so yeah and so that was one of the most free moments I think in, I had I've had for a while, and it kind mm. of just led me to do a whole lot of things with that um, experience, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and um, and we're like, were you when you got up there and you obviously explained what had happened? Which did did other people come up to you and say like, you know, I've had I've had issues with my mental health too. Like, thank you for being honest and open. Yeah, yeah. Like even even guys who hadn't, they were just like, oh. I, thank you so much for like telling us that like that was awesome like i personally haven't gone through anything like that but i i hope you, i hope you know like i'm i'm here to chat whenever you need and and then yeah there were guys who had gone through stuff and they were like mate i appreciate that so much like wow you you talking i'm gonna i'm gonna go up next week and kind of share what i what i've gone through myself as well and so, yeah. yeah that was that was a really cool experience and um yeah and it just brought me closer to that footy club than than any footy club i'd ever played for wow kind of like a rock solid group of people that i 
I love and care for. Of course. Yeah. I think like we're, I think the thing with sport, right, and this is it's it's really complicated. Like any industry, there's going to be bad and good, right? Like there's mm-hmm. good things and bad things that come with everything. But I definitely think like the one of the best parts about sport is the sense of community. Um, mm. And it's like I'm not a sport person. My partner is. But when he goes to watch like a soccer game and he's with his friends and he's like feeling part of a community. He comes back and he feels like so happy and elated. And I feel like although there, yeah, there are systemic issues we need to kind of work on in, in the sporting, you know, world, especially with men's behavior and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's so important for men to have that sense of community and like, not just like not brotherhood, just like kinship, I guess, or just like feeling that connection to other men yeah. is very important. Um, and I see that now. Like when I was younger, I didn't understand it, but I understand more and more. Like that sense of community for some men is so important. Do you feel like that's similar for you? Oh, one thousand percent. So for me, sport has been the only, not the only, but one of the the better most the the rocks of my life like i found sport not even this club but any sport i play is is like kind of a a sanctuary of sorts for me so i have like tuesday thursday training and there's like a two-hour period on both those days where i can just forget all the worries in my head kind of just disappear and i'm Mm. not even thinking about anything other than kicking this footy to my one of my mates and then on a saturday if something if something has gone down or i'm angry at something i i know i've got and i and i know this is a kind of a bad thing but i've got two hours to just go and like beat up another team (laughs) in in the in the most legal way possible yes 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 but like i've got I'm again in my sanctuary. I've got two hours, three hours of just all I got to do is try and win this game, kick the footy to my mate, and make sure the other team can't doesn't kick a point either. And so yeah, it was the biggest thing for me. And I uh, I play as as much sport as I possibly can, just because it, it just kind of resets me, and I kind of just switch off from all the negative or outside problems that I can't control, and I just switched on to playing footy and just kind of yeah, kind of it's just been my sanctuary where I can mm. go. And that's what I found with this club even more was like, it was just a sanctuary. Like no matter what was going on, I knew I was going to a positive place. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's almost meditative, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're playing a game or reading a book, whatever you're doing, like you can't be in your head and you're completely focused on another thing. And I think that's important. Like to just be in your head all the time is exhausting. (laughs) Oh, tell me about and it. You lockdown need... hasn't done much. Oh, no. Lockdown has been yeah. a real, real <laughs> uh, stress. But, yeah, I yeah. think I think sport or any form of, like, physical exercise, mm. um, although we are very clear it is not a cure for mental health conditions. No, of course not. No, no, no. Um, it's, it, it does aid in that, that uh, escape and, like, feeling, you know, like a distraction, I guess, is the best word. Um, and just being able to like leave your brain and focus on your body, I think is really important. And I think that's what it does, right? You have to focus sure. on like the ball and the people around you and where the you are. Plan, the, the, exactly. Uh, what, what the coach has told you to do. You're, that's all you're thinking about. Everything else. Like you're not thinking about, oh, I've got to go to work. Oh, I've got to call mom. Oh, I've got to, 
an assignment due tomorrow or whatever. Like mm. you're not thinking about anything other than your mates and the game that you're playing right in front of you, I guess. And so, exactly, yeah, again, not saying it's a cure for your mental health, but it's definitely something positive and kind of keeps you in a good mindset when you when you're struggling, I guess. Exactly. And I feel like if more uh, clubs could kind of adopt this mentality of like vulnerability and like openness and community, like I feel like we would get to a much better place within like sport um, Mm -hmm. and how sport is perceived and, you know, getting rid of that very ingrained toxic masculinity that that kind of survives within sport. Um, 100%. I feel like that's – you're right. Like it's almost revolutionary. Like it shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No. Like just sharing your feelings isn't like unheard of. It's not something new. It's not something new. It's been around for forever. But yeah, exactly. No. But like just the idea of actually feeding that into how you play sport is just, I think it's fantastic. I can understand yeah. how that was like life-changing for you. Oh, it was, it was altering. And, and ever since kind of sharing that moment, um, it's been something wasn't right after, but it was something I kind of worked on was sharing what I'd gone through to as many friends and family. So I think if you go around to any of my family now and you ask them, they'll, um, I would have told them, them what I, what I'd gone through in 2017 and where I'm at now. And, and it's been that, that action has been so freeing, Mm. um, in my mental health. Like I'm now putting it ahead of anything else. And, I guess a a good way of saying is I'm taking control of it and it's not controlling me, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's a very beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm just trying to tell heaps of people about uh, what I went through, my mental health crisis. And I guess it's in an attempt in some way to kind of say, hey, like I'm telling you this. And if you're ever struggling through something similar or ever just need a chat, like Mm. uh, I hope you can just reach out to me and say, hey, I'm bit down right now and i just need a chat and i'll i i don't think i'd ever say no to Mm. not having a chat to someone if they're going through something like that i know i would so yeah i love that um we're gonna have a break jonah um and then when we come back we're gonna talk all about the amazing organization that you've um you've set up and the reason behind it and and all that kind of stuff sounds good brilliant okay guys we'll see you after the break Jonah, welcome back. Thank you so far for doing such an amazing job at sharing your story. I am very – I mean, you made me cry a bit earlier, so. Cheers, oh. uh, thanks, Bridget. I, I didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> I'm a very emotional person too. Uh, right back at you. Yeah, you get it. Um, so I, I would love to hear, and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear, about this fantastic initiative organization you've put together um, called Bulldog Got Your Back. And I want to know, A, uh, what made you or what prompted you to start it? B, what's it about? And C, how can we help you and how can we support you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about uh, my, my little uh, organization, I guess. Um, I mean, this all kind of started long time ago. I'd always had a somewhat of a passion, I guess, for mental health ever since kind of going through it personally. And then I kind of was overseas on a working holiday in Canada from like November to around the borders closing in Australia. And so I got kind of kicked back. Mm. And for about three months, two or three months, I was kind of in, I guess, another kind of a low moment in my life. I wasn't sure what I was doing, whether I was going to be able to get back to Canada. And as, Mm. and I just had a passion for, uh, for mental health and, um, I wanted to do something 
in this time of need, I guess, and and see where it goes. So I I decided to start this Bulldog Got Your Back uh, initiative, and then two people were lucky to join me. Uh, then uh, Richard and Lexi. Hey guys, how you going? <laughs> uh, I was just doing a little shout out. Sorry. Um, and yeah, and so we and we kind of started the Bulldog Got Your Back company, and our I guess our our main aim as we've kind of gone through this is we want to promote the initiative for young adults to normalize mental health conversations Mm -hmm. it's quite simple um and we're wanting to do this through the facilitation of educational programs and resources that we can grasp we kind of want to be i guess if you've got two circles and you've got you Mm -hmm. and the mental health organizations but they're not joined we want to be the circle in the middle kind of thing got it we want to be the one that kind of joins both you who may be struggling or wanting to know more information or have the wanting the training to help with other people and we're kind of aiming to do this through our got your back mentality so it's kind of put a shirt on your on your on your back and get a mate's back um and it's it's pretty simple just as simple as that so yeah, we all we 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 have a merch, we have like merchandise for our company, and mm-hmm. we're pretty much currently having fifty percent of profits from each item sold, going towards um, subsidising and funding programs such as mental health first aid programs and accidental wow. counsellor programs. Um, and so a lot of the time, the reason why we kind of did this was because some of the times these trainings are only offered for like when you work in an office space and the company usually yes. pays for it. But I feel like there can be a lot of young adults who are missed for this opportunity because one, like there can be a high cost against them. Like oh, they're them super expensive, like, hey? Yeah, like from like $65 to $220. And so our aim is to make it more accessible, lower the barriers to these uh, programs that are out there that not only give you a better understanding of mental health and how you can deal with it yourself, but it... it um, especially the accidental counselor program which is run by lifeline can um can give you the the training and the, and the the tips and the tricks and the the what to look out for in your friends and family who might also struggle with something down the down the line hmm. um and so yeah that's pretty much i guess our our vision and what we're trying to do and yeah so we're just trying to use our merchandising so all the all the the 50 of the fund the profits from each item sold goes towards funding these programs um and then we use and we aim to use the rest of the money towards getting our platform out there bigger wider audience i guess and just promoting our brand yeah for sure and i feel like i don't know the the thing that comes to mind when you're saying about like getting people to do these courses is just having like better informed citizens of like the world like just Mm -hmm. having people that are more likely to be able to help those around them is just such an incredible gift to society 100% no for sure and I guess that that's what we're trying to do we're just trying to increase social engagement opportunities for our for our communities I guess um Mm. and yeah and just we're just trying to promote the initiative that these conversations aren't hard like yes they are hard to have but Mm -hmm. they're not impossible for our promotional like entry to the world was Mm -hmm. me sitting down with with my dad yes Um, I want to talk about that that was yeah. incredible to watch. What was that like? Um, it was so for me to, to um, express that low with my dad was kind of like a, a a tick off the bucket list of sorts, I guess. Yeah. Um, it was something that I've been 
trying to tell him for a long time and I nearly told him when he came to visit me overseas and mm-hmm. at the, in when I was in Canada but I, again the the courage kind of didn't didn't come about and then yeah and so we'd all talked about this the us three um and we were like this could be something good to kind of boost it out then I was like look I've been meaning to do it so why not why not give it a crack and he knew what I was starting but mm. he didn't know the full story behind it I guess and so oh wow so he didn't know did he know about like so he, your attempt and things like that he he knew vaguely okay I, I I'd mentioned that I'd gone through a mental health problem but I don't think he knew to the full extent and mm. so yeah so for, for me to sit down with my dad and express what I'd gone through and how I felt and how I'd felt doing this towards him I guess or like the emotions I had to my family how I'd left them notes and stuff like that um mm. yeah it was it was awesomely freeing and all I can say is me and my dad have we already did have an awesome relationship but our relationship is is solid strong now um and wow yeah I'm grateful for it and to kind of express that moment with him was tough but it was not impossible no and worth it by the sounds of it and when you when you kind of put that out there that video of you you telling your dad all about what you'd gone through what was their reaction like oh it was um yeah again it was it was met with um support and praise and funnily enough dad was kind of shy to even get in front of the camera to start (laughs) because he thought he wouldn't be able to speak very well and I was like no don't worry it will come out and again it was yeah it was met with yeah love and generosity and um absolute uh, applaud from everyone so i thank yeah. everyone for watching it and giving it a watch and liking it and i've only seen my dad tear up or cry once or twice and that was the second time wow um so that was that was really cool to kind of see as well yeah um, that's so important for like yeah. men to see their their fathers showing emotion yeah it's so important and i think it's made him a more emotional guy since that day because i've now seen him tear up two or three more times ever <laughs> since that day. So it's quite funny. You've unlocked something in him. Uh, I think I have. I think I have. His girlfriend will be happy about that. <laughs> well, it's probably also the case that like he's probably, you're very, you're much more similar to him than you think. It's just that he's been forced his whole life to kind of feel like he can't be open and honest with his emotions. Like many men that age. Um, For sure. I'm always just like to my dad, just be straight with me like how do you feel about this thing and sometimes it can take a while but eventually he'll be like okay well you know I feel this way about it um and that's always yeah impressive when you can finally like crack through um if anyone out there is interested in you know getting to know the organization uh following you guys getting involved what can they do um yeah so if you if you head over to our instagram page it's just called bulldog got your back send us a dm let us know give us a follow give us a like mm-hmm. um yeah head over to our bulldog got your back instagram page and then or head over to bulldogclothing.org uh where you can buy merch um and support our cause where we're we're giving our our 50 of our profits back towards um supporting these programs um and subsidizing these programs in a sense and yeah and you can also do that on our Instagram page. There's just a link in the in the bio where it just takes you straight towards the shop. And there's a whole lot of information on that website as well. So there's a tips and tricks folder over there. So we've done like a little PDF. It's it's kind of just little tips on on your well being each day, like what how you're eating, are you getting enough sleep, are you getting the exercise right? Just kind of little information facts. Um, and then again, there's places. There's also slides to know where to seek help how to ask um and then also 
what we're trying to do is, again, with our normalization of these mental health conversations, we have a story section. So, oh, wow. So friends and friends that are close to us, and we would love to hear from anyone out there. We, we want to spread the positive message of normalizing these mental health conversations. So if anybody hears this and wants to, wants to share their story, please do not hesitate to uh, contact us at, on our Instagram. Uh, we would love to hear your story. Um, but, yeah, so we like to put their stories on our Instagram as well. But these stories are just both from a professional sense and a, a personal sense. So I had a friend of mine who shared how herself growing up in a in a disjointed family, I guess, mm. um, and how she dealt with it growing up and knowing that um, she wasn't going to be a product of her upbringing, I guess, and that she's in a much happier, positive uh, space. Um, and that was really awesome to hear. And to even read a story was really confronting. And again, they, there might be triggers as well. So we don't want anyone to jump on there in case it could trigger anything. So just that's just a big thing. But yeah, it was it was awesome to hear because it's just it's helping to improve that these conversations can be had. They're not impossible. But yeah, and then it also there was also another mate who works as a mental health clinician um, at the Wollongong Hospital, and he just talks about the other side of it. Like he sees a lot of patients come in because their friends and family don't know how to have these conversations, um, and they straight away just call triple zero, and so that can be quite disheartening and and damaging for these these individuals because he just he's coming across that like. He sees so many patients that are just brought in unwillingly um, and it can be so damaging because they're not going to, they're unlikely to share something to someone they don't know and have been brought here forcefully, I guess. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's just kind of, it gives that perspective of what we're trying to do as well, like to inform and kind of improve people's understanding of what mental health is and how to have these conversations and or pick up on those those warning signs of something someone is going through a mental health crisis because um it's so important to have these conversations and to even mm. chat about it because for me what i found ever since i shared whenever i'm feeling low or in a bad bad spot in my life i just go and chat to either my dad or, or my close mates and i've done it on several occasions um, in 2020 and th- those blokes know who they are and I'm, I'm happy I was able to share with them how I was feeling at the time and then they also shared with me and I was really free moments. So it was just kind of, if if you're struggling, just call a mate up and say, hey, can we grab a coffee? I'd like, I'd love to chat about what's going on and, and I'm sure one of those mates will, will definitely come and sit down with you and they might even share something of how they're feeling at the same time because mm. it's so important to just talk to your mate Oh yeah, yeah, be open and be honest, a hundred percent. And have you have you had some people actually do the the first aid courses and things like that uh, through the subsidisation yet? We are planning on it. We're still in the early stages, so we're just trying to get uh, more funding to come in so we can s- set these classes up. But yep. we are hopeful for for that in the future. It's <sighs> um, exciting. So it is um, yeah something that we it's definitely on the horizon, and we're just trying to promote our brand to get it out there, get that money in. And then once that's money and we're just going to start, um, yeah, get, get some, some groups of people in to do these, do these, um, mental health training, which we look forward to, uh, very much because it's hopefully going to do a lot of benefit in the, the world. And as I've said from the start, if this helps one life, then it's been a, a massive success. A hundred percent. I feel like if everybody thinks that way, we'll be in a much better spot. I feel people think, oh, it's only going to impact a few people. So what's the point? Yeah. If, even if it helps just a few people, like that's, that's worth it. 
that's a hundred percent worth it. That's those are lives, you know. Um, well, we're nearly out of time, Jonah. But I'd love to ask before we go if you could give some advice potentially to anyone out there struggling right now um, to have open conversations and you know are scared to kind of really be honest and vulnerable with those around them. Uh, could you potentially give them some advice as to how to, to tackle that first conversation? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give it a go, I guess. Um, um, this is, I've never had this question before, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, make for me, you just got to take a leap of faith. Mm. Um, it's the hardest, it was the hardest thing to even express to a group of 30 people. Again, pick, pick your right, the right person you want to express to so it's not just a family a family member that you haven't seen in 20 years like it's someone close to you and you know that they're close to you i think that's important Mm. you're picking the right person um but honestly it's just taking that leap of faith and i know that's a uh the leap of faith is probably not the best way to say it but it's just if you just reach out and say hey like i want to have a chat i'm i've been struggling right now but um i i hope but like just yeah you just got to take that leap of faith and just reach out to someone and make sure it's someone that has a good understanding of yourself um and it's not just a distant family or friend like it's a close friend or family member um because it's so freeing like it it will change your life um just expressing those low moments and the fact that you express to them once then you know for the future time that this guy this person is going to listen to you in the future um yeah it's just taking that leap of faith and trusting yourself. I love that. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, Jonah, thank you so much for joining me um, and being, you know, my first guest back for season three. Uh, It's been a a great episode to to kick the season off with. Um, And, yeah, I'll put everything regarding the organization in the show notes for the show so people can kind of look at that. Um, Thank you. No problem at all. But thank you so much for chatting to me. It's It's been lovely. Oh, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Eddie. Um, And, yeah, I look forward to hearing this in the future. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Jonah. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. As I said, Jonah is just such an – he's just such an unassuming, honest, lovely person. And you can really hear that in the way he speaks about his experiences. And it's very clear that he wants to help people. Um, so as Jonah mentioned, if you want to get involved with Bulldog Got Your Back, the easiest way is to go to their Instagram page and it's literally Bulldog Got Your Back in one word. They're always looking for people to share their stories, um, and to get involved. So if that's something you'd like to do, I really recommend you go there. It's an amazing uh, initiative and I, I wish them all the best with it. And of course, if you are wanting to get involved with this podcast, there's lots of different ways you can. So we're on Facebook. Just type in if you don't mind. Uh, Instagram is if you don't mind podcast. Uh, if you are interested in being on the show, that's amazing. Please email me at if you don't mind podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on the show. Always looking for new guests. And finally, if you would like to contribute to the show's Patreon for as little as two dollars a month, just type in if you don't mind podcast and you'll find the page. Guys, I think that's pretty much it for the first episode. I can't believe we're back. It's it's just phenomenal. I'm so excited to be here. I, I feel so privileged that I get to have these conversations and that I get to be in this space. It's really, really nice. 
And yeah, if you ever have any queries or concerns or questions, again, feel free to shoot me a message whenever you like. I'm always open to discussions and dialogue. I think it's really important. Um, But guys, as usual, please be kind to yourselves when you can. Be kind to the ones around you. And uh, when you have a second, listen to someone else's story because it'll change you. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.